0: Hi, and welcome to Food Forest Walk, a podcast about permaculture designed food forest ecosystems. I'm your host, Leah Lavise. In this episode, we'll hear the second half of Allie Tharp's guided tour at the Festival Beach Food Forest. Allie is a core volunteer with Festival Beach Food Forest, whose efforts fuel its growth. This podcast utilizes Podcast 2.0 chapter images. With a Podcast 2.0 app, follow chapter images to see a slideshow of plants as they are mentioned. You can find a Podcast 2.0 app at podcastapps.com. The Festival Beach Food Forest is a regenerative agroforestry system. It's located on the shores of Ladybird Lake along I-35 in Austin, Texas. And now let's join Ally Tharp at the Festival Beach Food Forest to learn a little bit about some of the amazing plants that are growing there.
1: We're going to walk through an area that is the edge of phase one, the first initial pilot project of the food forest. Over here, here's an empty field and we have city council approval and we're working on getting final permissions and approval from the parks department. That's the edge of phase two of the food forest. That road, Nash Hernandez down here, and then it cuts up into this housing project. So that's the edge of the phase two of the food forest. So we'll be growing over the next few years. We need more hands to get involved. So please come back, stay in touch, and help us grow. This area is planted with wildflowers, cactus, fernopales, the tunas, the prickly pear, and native grasses. The Blackland Prairie ecosystem kind of comes down to the north of us. All of North Texas was Blackland Prairie. I think there's like 2% left of the Blackland Prairie. So some of these grasses are native prairie grasses and cactus. And then you'll see we have a few more fig trees over there. This is a persimmon. 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 So these are the Asian persimmons. They get bigger and they turn orange when they're ripe and ready to use. People use them in baked goods, desserts, jams, jellies. This is called Turks cap. Turks cap. Turks cap. Turk's cap. And this is from the dervishes, the Turkish whirling dervishes. If you're familiar, they wear red caps. And so that name is alluding to the red tops. This is a native plant, turk's cap. What is it? Cass. So it's got these red flowers like this. Hummingbirds love it. It grows all over the place. Um, you'll see it on the trails around Austin. The flowers are edible. I've heard that the, I've never done this myself yet, but the younger leaves can be used like grape leaves to make dolmas, like Mediterranean cooking, or eaten like spinach. So it's edible, but mostly the younger leaves. And then I eat the flowers, but sometimes there's ants in the flowers. And then sometimes this little stem is like a little grisly. So I often, I pick off the little grisly part. I check for an ant. But then there's often like nectar at the base, like a sweetness at the base. You can also like throw them in your salad. They're beautiful. You could decorate a cake with them. Turk's cap's a lovely plant to grow. You barely have to do anything for it and it grows in the shade really well. So if you have a shady area where nothing else could grow, consider a Turk's cap. Okay, this plant, what's this one? Tomatoes. Yellow cherry tomatoes lots of them ready to harvest here feel free to take some home with you lots of tomatoes Ooh, here's a good one this one's like begging to be eaten anyone want to harvest a fig do you want to harvest a fig that one twist it and then kind of break it at the top Mm -hmm.
0: thank you
1: here's another one anyone want to harvest a fig do you want a fig this one Twisted and break it looks good to go How do you know when ready? they're like yellow and pink when they're ready I could tell you a little bit about what's going in phase two on the edge over here you see where it's a, there's a bit of a high spot on the other side of the sidewalk that will be wildflower prairie area and there's more wildflowers right over here We got in a little trouble for planting before it was time in this area. And then there will be an area full of a linden tree, a big linden tree, and some hawthorn trees. These are good heart medicine. Linden flower is a delicious tea. It's really delicious. So kind of where those trash cans are, on the other side there, will be like this area full of really good heart medicine, really awesome trees that are great heart medicine trees. So we call them guilds. Plant guilds are those plants that help each other. So you want a pollinator, like yarrow, the nutrient accumulator that brings up nutrients. You want a tree, the shade cover, the higher levels. And there's a few more that I'm forgetting, but you want pollinators, mulch plants that help cover the earth and bring nutrients into the soil. So we plant guilds of plants that help each other. That's the word we use. Stretching this way, we're designing a building with a kitchen and a place for us to harvest and process and learn together and have feasts together. So we're calling that Farah's Cocina. Farah Rivera uh, used to live in the tower right here. She passed away February of last year. She founded a food pantry called Serafina that's in this tower and she was a huge advocate and friend of the food forest and we're naming that kitchen Farah's Cocina in her honor. So that'll be our our little education hub and Farah's Cocina over there. And then we plan on building some raised beds that are more accessible for people in wheelchairs and um, with walkers and things of that nature. So the housing tower is low income, disabled and senior housing, so we want to increase the accessibility of the forest for all people. So that's one of our goals for phase two. And then we'll have more food forest like this, a little bit more kind of in this area right here. But we heard the community wants more sight lines and more open space. So it won't be as dense as this is. It'll be a little more open. Let's keep on moving back to the pathway over here. We have a lot of mulberry trees in this area. This is a mulberry tree. Mulberry. What is it? Mulberries. There's some mulberry trees here. There's more over here. And then there's more this way, too. There's a lot of mulberries. They grow really well here. The birds will plant them for you. They'll eat the berries and then drop the seeds, and you'll have mulberries. They just pop up all over the food forest. We have a few varieties. We have dwarf mulberry trees, which are shorter and easier to harvest. And then we have some that are growing really tall. It's really good for pies, mulberry pie, mulberry jam. The birds love them. We have white mulberries that stay white. And then we have tall black mulberries. So a few different varieties. But has anyone seen the berries before? Tiny blackberries, sometimes they're like a little uh, slender Mulberry trees grow all over the world and they look different in different parts of the world. Some of our mulberries are pretty small, but that could just be weather. (laughs) This area has mulberries, a lot of peach trees on the right, right here, and more fig trees. And then this we talked about, this one's the loquat. Another fig over here. We're gonna walk this way. So the fence is back here. On the fence we have blackberries that have thorns. And then on this built wooden little structure is thornless blackberries and we did that because this is meant to be like a nature play area where kids might hang out so we put the thornless ones closer and then the thorny ones are along the fence those are starting to turn black so you might wander back here and look for blackberries over the next few weeks you can also see there's some roses growing along the fence line and some sunflowers back there We do have some black walnut trees over here. This is the redbud. 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 So they have kind of heart-shaped leaves. They're like round, heart-shaped leaves a little bit. This is the first tree to bloom in winter when it's turning to spring. Nice, light, pinkish-purple flowers. You can eat the flowers. They're tasty. They have some vitamins in them. When you're tired of winter and these bloom, to me it just brings so much joy to see the red buds blooming. The flowers grow on the bark. You can actually see one little straggler right there. So they pop out of the bark and the whole limbs turn purple. It's amazing. That's the red bud. The other side of the fence is a community garden with traditional plots. You can buy a plot and garden there. They also have communal gardening areas. They have an orchard, a pollinator garden, communal growing areas that grow vegetables and things like that, that members can harvest from. So that's a sister project. You know, we're separate, but very related. So that's Festival Beach Community Garden and you're in Festival Beach Food Forest.
0: podcast is run on a value-for-value model. The very best way to show your support is to come out and volunteer with us. Activities and volunteer workdays happen throughout the week. You can also donate to support Festival Beach Food Forest and sign up for the newsletter at festivalbeach.org. If you're getting something out of this podcast and want to support my efforts in making this show, you can send Satoshi's Over the Lightning Network to lostinaustin at getalby.com. Find this and other links in the show notes. Thanks for your support.
1: This is a walnut tree. Walnut. Walnut. Here's a walnut coming in here. They're kind of on their own because they shoot off chemicals Let's say this is my space. <laughs> so it's hard to plant things next to them. That is another, I'm not sure what species exactly this is, but it's also one of those farmer trees. You can tell by the leaf shape and by the seed pods. That's a leguminous tree in the legume family, like lentils and beans, but you don't eat the legume trees. <laughs> beans and lentils aren't tree plants. So if something's a tree and it's a legume, There's one or two exceptions, but you don't want to eat them. This is called agarita. Agarita. Agarita Agarita is a pokey plant. It's spiky, it's medicinal, and it's native. It's well adapted to this bioregion. Super echinacea, tinctures, things you take when you're starting to feel sick. There's something called golden seal. Often you'll see like golden seal. Sometimes it's mixed with the echinacea in those little tinctures you can buy. Golden seal does not grow here very well, but agarita has the same properties and it does grow here really well. So this is our local alternative to golden seal, agarita. For the immunity boost, you can harvest the twigs and infuse it in alcohol. I believe you can use the whole plant, but again, it's very spiky. (laughs) The berries, they're about that big, they're small. They turn kind of like a pink lemonade color. The deeper the pink or red, the sweeter it will be. They're sour. (laughs) They're pretty sour, but the sweet ones are pretty tasty. You can also make a jam from the berries. I have heard as a good technique is to put down an umbrella or a sheet underneath it, whack it a little bit, and let them fall, and then Take your harvest because otherwise, you've got to be very slow and patient so that you don't get scratched up. So, what's this one? What kind of Agarita. 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 What kind of flowers does it have? The color of the flowers, I believe, is yellow yellow flowers, pinkish red berries. This one, does anyone remember? An aqua, aqua, sandpaper tree. So, here's where there's more berries. They're still pretty yellow, but keep an eye out. And when they're like more pinkish, they're ready. We just got a question. We have an email list. Occasionally we'll say, hey, mulberries are popping. Uh, We also have social media, Instagram. It's Austin underscore food underscore forest. Um, We often post there about what's blooming and what's ready to use. This plant, anyone know what this one is? This is called a beautyberry beautyberry what? what is it beautyberry. beautyberry i'm just amazed at how big these are growing they're getting so big we put them right next to the benches and they're like swallowing the benches <laughs> throughout the food forest these are also native the berries they get a little bigger than this the berries are purple on the green belt you'll see some of these are around town and it's got these vibrant kind of lighter purple berries one of the first parties I went to for the food forest. We were doing a dinner fundraiser and we had a nice icy pitcher of water that was glass that you could see in. And they'd harvested the berries and put them in the water. And it was beautiful. And it infused the water flavor a little bit. It's not that flavorful, but there's mild flavors. And I believe also some nutrients. You can eat them, you're not gonna be blown away. The beauty's mostly in the sight, not the taste but they're awesome and they grow really well here and I'm sure they have other ecosystem benefits as well. So that's the beauty berry. This area, we call this the banana berm because of the shape of it. It's kind of shaped like a banana. This berm right here is round. It's really shady. What you find in here is mostly the turk's cap. This is a pink turk's cap. there's lots of turks cap in here because it's shady and they love the shade and then mulberry trees when i'm harvesting mulberries i tuck back in here and i look at the trees from back in here on the other side we have a ton of chives that are ready so if you want to take some chives and those you can just cut them an inch from the ground and they'll grow right back so that's the way you don't have to dig them up you just cut them and then take them and make food with them. So there's tons of chives, harvest them, eat them. They're awesome, just on the other side of the sperm. On the edge there, they're closed right now, but this huge bush with flowers is a trumpet flower bush. I don't know a ton about this plant, but I know the hummingbirds love it and it's gorgeous and it clearly gets pretty big. <laughs> so this is all trumpet flower. And then behind you, is where the actual bananas are. These are banana trees. They don't get mature here.
0: My garden, somebody has banana trees and they grow about 15
1: feet tall. And a couple of times they make in really hot summers. Awesome. He just said in his community garden, someone grows bananas and they actually come in. I've never seen these banana trees fruit. It's shady right here, but you can use the leaves in cooking, often people use them to wrap fish or to make tamales. So you can harvest banana leaves from these banana trees here. When a freeze is coming, we water because water helps keep the ground from freezing as much. It fills in those air pockets and water is less cold than air. So if you water, that helps protect your plants before the freeze. The other thing we do is we mulch up high on the trunks with leaves or mulch, really sensitive plants. We cover in mulch and that helps again from the air, which is like the coldest part. That'll help prevent that browning wilt from the freeze. Sometimes we'll even wrap cardboard around the trunks of the trees. And if you can insulate the trunks, then that helps them survive the freeze. Any other questions? Yeah.
0: Do you all do anything to help, I mean to, like stop like overgrowth or um... If there's one plant that kind of just like takes over, how do you like stop
1: that? A lot of hands, (laughs) a lot of volunteers. Our biggest volunteer day is the second Saturday of every month. In the summertime, it starts at 8 a.m. And then in the other cooler months, it starts at 9 o'clock. So that's a three hour volunteer day, the second Saturday of every month. We have people coming every Tuesday and Thursday morning. Again, 8 a.m. for summer, 9 a.m. for other seasons and then every Wednesday evening, usually. The Wednesday ones are our newest workday. They're slow and just not as established. Tuesday, Thursday mornings, people will definitely be here. Most Wednesdays, people will be here in the evenings. Right now, 5.30 to dusk, and that's a summertime thing. In the winter, it gets dark too fast. We plant cover crops. Cover crops, they cover things. It's often very crowded because You don't want soil to just be bare. You wanna always have plants in it or have mulch over it. And so we plant different things every season, but that's usually what crowds out the other plants because we just throw hundreds of seeds of cover crops in. And some of them are edible. Some of them bring nutrients into the soil. So they serve their purpose too. My favorite cover crop we use is Austrian winter peas because you can harvest the pea shoots and eat them and they're so good. Chop and drop, yes, so we cut them and we drop them. (laughs) That's a technique. Green mulch, green manure. So what we do with that is all the um, nutrients in those plants, when you drop it down and use it, you can also cover it with mulch, and then it composts in place, builds the soil in place. So it's a mulch and it's like a compost we are slowly, slowly building the soil with what we plant and then cut and then mulch down. Y'all have been delightful. I can tell it's getting hot (laughs) and hard to keep going. We have teas in the center of the forest that Karen made, so we're going to go into the pecan circle. The pecans I didn't talk about, so we'll be enjoying the shade of these two old pecan trees. They were planted about 50 years ago by Isamu Taniguchi, who planted the Zen, the Buddhist, Garden, the Japanese garden in the Zilker Botanical Gardens. He was a pretty renowned architect in Austin who had a lot of impact, including planting our pecan trees. Thank you for this you. wonderful time together. <laughs> yeah.
0: To learn more about Festival Beach Food Forest, go to festivalbeach.org. Thanks for joining this Food Forest walk. I'm Leah Lavise, and I'll see you at the Food Forest.